From Community Public Radio, this is the CPR News. From New York, I'm Don DeBar. Today we go to Moscow to speak with Mark Sloboda. We're going to get updated on what's going on in the battle around Ukraine. Uh, Mark, how are you doing, first of all? Uh, glad to have you with us, especially at a time like this. Don, thanks for having me. It's uh, always an honor and a pleasure to be on CPR with you. It's our honor and um, pleasure. Yeah, fill us in, please. So, um, of, of course, uh, the big uh, Titanic uh, news over the last few days is that after uh, seven years of uh, the U.S.-backed regime in Kiev's refusal to implement uh, the Minsk Accords that they had agreed to, that ostensibly everyone had agreed to, France, Germany, the United States, that had been uh, approved and put into international law by a U.N. Security Council. Kiev has refused to implement them. They refused to uh, take even the first simplest step of uh, sitting down at a table uh, and uh, starting a dialogue uh, with the leaders of, of uh, what was eastern Ukraine, of the Donbass. Um, and uh, France and Germany refused uh, to uh, push them on it. Um, and so did the United States. And so uh, facing uh, an increased hail of uh, artillery fire, shelling, grenades, mortars uh, in recent days, um, from uh, the forces of the Kiev regime. They have some 120,000 troops massed uh, on the, uh, in the east of their country on the border with Donbass and with Russia, which is right there as well. Um, uh, Putin uh, took the step of recognizing uh, for the first time the independence of Donetsk and Lugansk republics as independent countries. And even as he did, that he also uh, signed treaties of um, cooperation and mutual assistance with them, making them military treaty allies and extending the uh, shield of Russian protection over them. Like a NATO Making Article clear, 5, in other words, like a NATO Article like, 5. Yeah, like an our, our NATO Article 5, yeah. uh, basically letting Kiev know that they need to stop attacking Donbass, they need to stop shelling it uh, because uh, it will be viewed as an attack uh, on Russia. So let me just say, you know, we've been hearing for like two months about the Russian false flag event that was going to trigger a Russian intervention. And it turns out that the false flag was Betsy Ross sitting there knitting on the front lines while the maniac Azov and others and the regulars from the Ukrainian army and who knows with what assistance because we know where the weapons came from started lobbing artillery into these populated yeah. areas again yeah I mean it, this has been ongoing right I mean for eight years it, it, yeah the I think we talked about it in the last uh, session that uh, the last uh, discussion we had on it that there was no need for a false flag because right. there has been a just cause for Russia to intervene in this situation for years right yeah. which is you know the the uh, military campaign by 
you know, the U.S.-backed regime that seized power in Kiev, their military campaign uh, uh, to subjugate uh, the people of East Ukraine, um, whose government had been overthrown. I mean, the people of East Ukraine overwhelmingly voted that president into office democratically. Right. And, uh, you know, they did not recognize the new government. Kiev, uh, the, the, the new regime in Kiev went to conquer them by military force. Um, and uh, the Russia uh, provided uh, training, financing, uh, and, and arms uh, to Donbass. Right. Uh, and NATO provided training, financing, and arms uh, to the new regime in Kiev. Right. And that was the frozen conflict that continued for years. Right. And, um, you know, a, a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, uh, really vile denialist disinformation in the Western media and commentariat about that extended frozen conflict um, in East Ukraine. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and a lot of it was like, oh, uh, you know, the, the forces of, of Ukraine, meaning, you know, the Kiev regime would never, ever fire on 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 them and and it's just these right. poor uh pro-russians uh crazy pro-russians killing themselves right? That, right that it was that was that is the argument that has continually been made Zelensky actually yeah. repeated it in the last week and i saw western journalists parroting it yeah. as well yeah. and and instead they claim oh you know it's it's the you know the people of donbass that are attacking us meaning other areas of Donbass under Ukrainian government control. And to show you how false that is, right, according to the UN's own numbers coming from uh, in, you know, you know, investigative re reporting on the ground from the reports of the OSCE monitoring mission there, um, in the last three years of the conflict, from 2018 to 2021, 81.4% of civilian casualties in the DeVos came in rebel-held territory. Right, that's right. I.e. civilians shelled. Right in the Don, uh, Donetsk and Lugansk uh, uh, republics, right. while 16.3 percent were in Ukrainian government-controlled territory. So who's shelling more? Right. Who's killing more civilians? This right? sounds like Israel the, and Gaza, basically. Yeah, yeah, the facts. The facts are there. Um, you know, however much they may, they may try to abuse this. Um, and the same thing, if you take a look at the, uh, a lot of this is, oh, this is all a uh, Russian-created false story and everything. Uh, you know, a, a pretext and everything. They didn't need any pretext, right? Because this is this cycle of of uh, periods of increased shelling is is routine. They just had to wait for it, right? Um, uh, and, and for for a normal cycle of violence to repeat itself, right. um, according. To the OSC monitoring mission over, you know, the last weekend, if you they don't subs they don't subscribe guilt, right? They record explosions and violations where explosions occur. And if you take a look at their most recent map, right, you can you can pull it up, look at it for yourself. It's the OS, the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe. Their monitoring mission in the demilitarized area and and uh, in between and on both sides of the conflict line. They their map shows that they recorded far, far, far more explosions in the uh, Donetsk and Lugansk.
Donetsk Republic side than they did in the Kiev regime controlled territory. Uh, so uh, I myself was like, huh, you know, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe this is just, uh, uh, you know, uh, Russia, you know, uh, providing a, a pretext uh, for an intervention. But no, it, it, you know, uh, even my, you know, I, even I doubted that at some point, uh, you know, while still feeling that there was justification over the last, you know, eight years. Yeah, what you've of, been saying and predicting. Right. Yeah. But when I looked at the map, I was like, well, well, it really is. And a lot of it, you know, oh, you know, um, Zelensky, whatever Zelensky orders or not all right first doesn't of all you, you, you can't trust anything out of kiev he's an but actor he doesn't have control of the military right. he doesn't have control of, of the, the far-right forces That's right. that have their own discrete battalions and are integrated into the military the security services everything that's out there in fact in the very beginning of his administration there was a big you know it, a big event and an incident where he film you know he was filmed coming to the trenches right in uh uh you know uh, uh kiev uh, occupied territory uh in the donbass and he was trying to uh um you know order you know right. uh you know a a, a cease of fire and a, a a recognition of you know uh his authority out there <laughs> and uh there was a right sector uh uh commander there they got all up in his face and was engaged in in verbal argument That's with him mean. showing exactly how much control this new comedian turned president have of his own right-wing uh forces look at his look at his faction hang on a second just look at his faction in the rada by the way you know where the whip in that particular parliament has an actual whip they beat the hell out of people that that crack out of turn there and and they're intimidated from even discussing these things and just one other thing yahoo news carrying Reuters report on the 19th. Two regions in eastern Ukraine where government and separatist forces have been fighting since 2014 were hit by more than 1,400 explosions on Friday, monitors for the OSCE said. said, yes. Okay. So, I mean... It it is real. I mean, um, both sides have a reason to hype up their own narrative, but you you can't ignore. I mean, the OSCE is hardly a a pro you know pro Eastern Ukrainian pro Russian position That's anyway. Right. Right. The, right. The OSCE is an organization composed of all the members. The majority of which are Western countries, right. and and let's be fair, most of the monitors from each country are intelligence operators, military intelligence. Of course, that's, that's, that's who they are, right. right? But and Russia and Belarus and the few other post-Soviet countries that are you know part of the Russian-led CSTO that are in there are vastly outnumbered. So I mean, right. the OSCE itself is a organization that is already biased to a very large political degree towards. Uh, you know, uh, NATO uh, countries in yeah. this regard, but even they can't deny they have to engage in some level of professionalism and reporting on the ground there. And so, you know, there's no 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 way that you can do it. And I'm just looking at the news. Uh, you know, this continues right now, and this is this is the danger. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Ukrainian armed forces violated the ceasefire regime again. Right now, that the shield of Russian protection. Uh, uh, 114 times just in the past day, in just in Lugansk, not even not even counting in in Donetsk. Um, so um, this is this is continuing, right? And whether Zelensky is ordering it or not, 
it, it's really unimportant at this point because uh, you know it is happening anyway, and yeah. and Zelensky, uh, you know, is certainly not speaking uh, against his own armed forces if, right. if they're acting out of out of uh, you know his controls at this point. If that's a, but what a, he ought to be doing, if that if that if that's the case, which I'm certain it is. I mean, again, he's an actor. He, he reads what's yeah. on the script, or else, or else he's fired. Um, it, it, what he ought to be doing, if, if if that's where he really stands, is getting on a plane, going someplace safe, let's say Moscow, and getting on television and saying, look, this is getting out of hand. Don't let those crazy people commit national suicide by yeah. blowing up Russians, because that's what they're well, trying to do. Actually, the U.S., which first evacuated its uh, yeah, embassy right. in That's Kiev right. and its CIA station office in Kiev, because, of course, they right. have a CIA station office there. Was that a separate the address? Or flying up, was right? it, was it, uh, yeah. They first evacuated to Lvov in western Ukraine. Right. Then, just in the past few days, they've evacuated even further to Poland yeah. and Romania yeah. while telling Zelensky – to evacuate to Lvov, to yeah. flee Kiev uh, to Western Ukraine. Puppet, come back this way where yeah. it's safer. Right? Is, that, you know, is, Lvov, I mean, is Lvov Ukrainian for Vichy? <laughs> I think I, I think it's Ukrainian for Nazi collaborator. Yeah, right? yeah, okay, well, that, yeah, okay. same thing. Same Generic, thing, right? yeah, right. So anyway, yeah. but so there's there's two threats that almost guarantee that this is just the beginning, right? This is not the end. One is that quite obviously Kiev is refusing to uh, end, uh, you know, their uh, attacks, their their uh, shelling, artillery fire, sniper fire, mortar fire, you know, all of it uh, on on uh, Donbass, all right? Uh, despite the fact that Russia extended the shield of protection and issued a warning to the regime in Kiev, they haven't stopped. Second of all, there's the question of borders. So. Yeah. What are the borders of the new Donetsk and Lugansk republics that Russia has recognized? Because the, the what once was the self-proclaimed DNR and LNR, I'm so glad we don't have to call them that anymore, that Russia right. finally – and Russia – Putin himself said it was very belated that he should have done it long ago. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I told him that. You've you been know, saying it for years. 2005 for yeah. years, yeah. Um, so – but um, – they actually only control one third of the territory of the actual Donetsk and Lugansk administrative regions, right. like Oblasti, like states in the United States. Right. Now, it's the most, most, it's the far most heavily populated area of those regions. Right. It's, and it's the, the capital cities. But that was actually intentional. All right, all right, Russia actually, uh, you know, put the heels on. The, the people in East Ukraine there and said, uh, we, we don't want you to take too much uh, territory because we want this, you to settle this peaceably. And if you continue to take territory from Ukraine, we will cut off you know, support for you. Uh, uh, me, also, we, just am I clear on this? When they had they had the, a referendum in each place back in 2014 that you know they wanted out and they said when they ended up setting yeah. these republics up, didn't they actually do the same thing that they did in Crimea? They wanted to associate with Russia, isn't that true? And Russia said eh, it's a little quick for that. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, Russia did not want. Right. To but take, the people they did. Them. The people yes. did. Yeah. The people there did. Yeah. And and actually, there's a, a degree of resentment there. There's a long feeling that Russia Understood. should have done more us. for yep. a long time. Yep. And why did Russia want them? Because it wants 
leverage inside Ukraine, right? Having those right. people inside Ukraine rather right. than outside gives right. them political leverage. Yep. Because if those are some five to six million, if you want to say Votes. Eastern Ukrainian pro-Russian voters, Votes, right? right? That's why Kiev actually does you know the the regime, the Zelensky. They don't want Donbass back, right? That's this is the, the secret that they talk about. Stuff. That's why they they got drove yeah. Yanukovych out, and they did the lustrations and the banning yes. of the parties from that section and all of that. Yes. They don't want that moderation of their of their you know yeah. crazy. That's why Zelensky said. I mean, this is in the press in the last year, uh, last six months actually. Zelensky said that if you feel yourself to be Russian, ethnic Russian. All right. Speaking yeah, to the, yeah. the people of East Ukraine, yeah. then you should leave. You should yeah. get out of Ukraine. You should go to Russia. Yeah. Well, of course, the problem with that is that 20 percent of the population of Ukraine, uh, the majority of it in, in eastern Ukraine is ethnic Russian. Right. And a good portion of the other East Ukrainians regard Russians as, you know, their their their, you know, fraternal you know brother, brother, sister nation um, uh, right across the way. All right. And, you know, they don't view them uh, negatively. In fact, it's not only. They that feel that way. It's not only Russia that feels way. It's not only Putin that says uh, Russians and Ukrainians are essentially one people. Right. Do you know who else said that? History. <laughs> who? Zelensky. Yeah, right. Before he became president, right. he said the same thing. Russians and Ukrainians are essentially one people, right? Yep. So, and polls show that the majority of Russians and Ukrainians agree with that, right? Not in West Ukraine. That must be said. Uh, if you factor in uh, Western Ukraine, the numbers go down a little bit. And, you know, if you, you just look at Western Ukraine, probably the majority disagree with that. Right. Uh, I haven't I had seen those exact things, but the majority of Ukrainians overall do agree with that. Yeah, you can tell um, by looking so, at a map, uh, an electoral map, for example, say if uh, you match up uh, Timoshenko against uh, yeah. uh, Yanukovych or something, you can see with us. This is one thing, because I, I keep getting struck by this every time I hear that, you know, a discussion of this particular issue. And and, and that was when, when you had people marching for civil rights in the United States back in, in, in the 50s, well, going back to the beginning, but 40s, 50s, 60s, uh, here in the United States. There were people here in the South and in the North that were saying to the African-American people that wanted human rights, if you don't like it here, go back to Africa. And, then, and, and that, that's an outrageous thing to hear. And that's exactly what's being said to the people in Russia, you know, to the Russians in Ukraine. I mean, this, it's the same thing in the Baltics where there are still hundreds of thousands of non-citizens. Right, because right, they're Russian. Because Right. Because they're ethnic Russians. Right. And they're they're They are not fully proficient in 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 the new Baltic languages uh, that despite, you know, yep. they grew up, you know, where they did. And and uh, Russian was the, the primary language of the Soviet Union. And they're just expected to either be non-citizens having no. Uh, you know, rights whatsoever, not, you know, not even the right to travel, not even the, the right to leave technically. Right. right? Uh, or, 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 you know, or at, you know, 40, 50, 60, learn the new language of the countries that they found themselves in. Now, there, there's a lot of nationalists would say that what's wrong with that? Well, the, what's wrong with that is the whole values of the EU itself, which, which yeah. uh, you know, says, you know, that uh, it very much uh, promotes minority language rights in every country, except for the Baltics, of course, because, right. you know, Russians, 
Right, because I, Russia, you know, they deserve it. That's 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 always uh, the opinion. Those those yeah. people left behind in those countries, they deserve it. Right. The, the the ethnic Russians that you know are you know uh, you know so prevalent in eastern Ukraine, they they deserve it. They should just leave, right? Because yeah. Russians, you know, are less than human. That that, that that's the uh, you know the the uh, uh, you know the dominant narrative there. So Kiev yeah. would like actually to get rid of Donbass. So if things were left as they are now, actually. Actually, Kiev would be quite happy. They can't. They couldn't just give it away because then they would be seen as weak and giving up Ukrainian territory. Oh, the right no, sector no would, would never let them. The right sector would yeah, never yeah, let them. Would never let them. They wanted to fight for it, right? Uh, they, they want Russia. They think they own Siberia. They think they own Siberia. We are the first Russians. You guys are posers. Give us our land back. So they. Um, uh, but if it's taken away from him. Right. Then then they're happy. They're happy right. to get rid of That's those people. Right. But um, so but of course, it's not going to end there because of this. First of all, because of the continued violence and secondly, of the border issue. What so the what are the borders that Russia recognized LNR DNR in? Well, they said that's according to their constitution, whatever they exercise, you know, they claim as their jurisdiction and have authority over. Uh, according to the new LNR DNR's uh, constitutions, they claim all of the administrative region of Donetsk and Lugansk, mm. two thirds of which right now is controlled by the Kiev regime. Uh, you know, the, the the military that has been there and declared it an you know an anti-terrorist yeah. zone because they were effectively military occupying the people there that have no particular love for them. Um, you know, since uh, uh, since 2015. So um, and Russia has promised to help uh, uh, the new republic settle their border issues with the Kiev regime uh, diplomatically, if possible. Uh, <laughs> that, that is the term. Right. That is a trap. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, uh, basically, the, you know, the, the word has gone to Kiev and your hostilities and withdraw from Donetsk and Lugansk uh, entirely uh, or it's going to be war. And, and you know. There's going to be a further Russian intervention, almost certainly at this point. So the line is, in the sand is not where the lines are right now. The line in the sand exactly. is back into Ukrainian and territory. Putin gave a big long address uh, to to the nation, which has been much commented on. But also Lavrov made some other statements clarifying it. Putin gave a big uh, he, he brought a lot of history into it, but I, I think Lavrov actually clarified you know some of the issues. Russia, the Russian government does not consider the, the U.S.-backed regime in Kiev that seized power in 2014 as having sovereignty over Ukraine, right. that they are not representative of all of the Ukrainian people uh, until and you know if they had done political reconciliation via the Minsk Accords uh, with the east of their own country that had never accepted, you know, the uh, the, the overthrow of, of, of the government in 2014. That was that was always the purpose of the Minsk Accords, this political reconciliation rather than the military. Right. Well, you know, it's long been kind of a uh, Putin said it uh, at one point, but uh, it has long been uh, kind of a, a maxim. Uh, of 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 Russian politics for the last decade, saying that 
you know, you refused the Minsk Accords, you refused the diplomatic route, you refused political reconciliation with the people of your own country that didn't agree with what happened in 2014. And you can either uh, uh, talk with Lavrov, you can either negotiate with Lavrov. If you don't want to talk with Lavrov, then you can talk with Shoigu, who is the Russian defense minister. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and obviously that, that is where things are going. So yeah. I've long been talking that a Russian intervention is coming, that the military presence was there. And I, you know, there is, of course, still the possibility that someone in Kiev would see sense or someone in Washington yeah. really makes most of the calls when it comes to Kiev, right. uh, uh, you know, would would show some sense and and uh, you know um, say, hey, you know, we were wrong. We'd prefer the, the route of diplomacy and political reconciliation with our own people rather than shelling them. But I don't see much hope for that. And uh, you know, um, I again, this the, Russia has built up a force capable of intervening decisively in Ukraine. And I don't think that they built it up for bluffing. And I think that this game is not over and that in the coming days or weeks, we will see a further Russian intervention. It may come all at once with a decapitation strike. It may come in phases. I think a lot of that may even not yet be decided it, it may be decided by events on the ground yeah, uh, you know the reactions of kiev as it as it happens right. uh, the us and and europe have already announced a new round of sanctions on uh, uh, you know russia you know the eu uh, wants to sanction all of the members of the Russian Duma uh, who who voted to recognize LNR DNR. It's almost you know. the entire uh, Duma, yeah, actually. There were three Duma. or four yeah, dissenting yeah. votes, I think. There were no dissenting votes, but there was a few that, that, abstentions that, that weren't, like that weren't three, present. Yeah, yeah, that weren't present for the vote, and and you know, uh, so on. And they're sanctioning a few Russian banks and so on. But uh, you know. They, they would actually be happy if this is as far as Russia went. So the big gun sanctions are still coming, right. uh, which would uh, include uh, more valuable Russian state banks attempting to cut off their ability to, to uh, do dollar transactions. The Europeans have ruled cutting Russia off from SWIFT because it would inhibit their uh, ability to pay Russia for the energy that they need. Right. Uh, Germany has uh, postponed qualifications of Nord Stream 2 right. already, yep. um, but Russia expected that. And right. really, that's just Germany cutting off their own nose. That's right. the energy they need and that they invested in. Right. Uh, but the other big thing that's coming is that the U.S. is trying to corral uh, Southeast uh, Asian countries into this. They want to close the global semiconductor market to Russia. So they, they, uh, that's a major, you know, increase in economic war, and they're trying to rope uh, Taiwan and Singapore and other countries into that there. Uh, and it's very similar to what they already did uh, with China and yeah, Huawei. Huawei uh, so Russia and China have already announced, uh, you know, big projects to to basically uh, start building their own domestic uh, semiconductor, you know, uh, uh, shared. 
technology, shared resources, uh, semiconductor manufacturing industry. I mean, you know where this ends up. Let me, let me, I can tell you where this ends up. This ends up with China's 1.7 billion people. Uh, having to absorb an extra, you know, 50 million cars or whatever, uh, 100 million TVs and 100 million computers, and the United States having to absorb, because they can't ship them abroad anymore, an excess of lawyers, accountants, and BS artists. That's basically where it goes. All the manufacturing capacity is over there. This this economic, political, military war, it also ends in... You know, uh, the unipolar world does not transition into a multipolar world. It, because of U.S. fighting that event, it transitions back into a bipolar world. That's right. Uh, uh, where it is a new world of of a new type of Cold War between China and Russia and Iran and and Venezuela, Venezuela and Nicaragua. because yeah, we saw that already. Right, yeah. right away, Cuba, Venezuela, Nicaragua, uh, you know, yeah. countries around the world recognize the new republics. You can see yes. it shaking out right in front of you like an Etch-a-Sketch. Yeah, so, um, uh, you know, the, the economic walls are being put up by by the U.S. to punish Russia even now. Everyone knows it's not going to change Russian policy. The last hundred rounds of U.S. sanctions <laughs> right. have had limited effect on the Russian economy. I wouldn't say none, but, you know, in many ways the Russian uh, economy has actually prospered the yep. growth of the agricultural and manufacturing industries, uh, but it's certainly not going to change Russian policy. It rarely, rarely changes any country's foreign policy. It's more about domestic and international political audience. Let me just uh, say something, their, too. Go ahead. Yeah, expressing we... their outrage to, so that they have to do something, right? Yep. And their impotence aside, this is what they they are doing because they feel they must do something. And it ends and it ends up producing a cascade of uh, yes. additional crashes and failures. All right, well, we're out of time. All I got to say is, you know, history. They say history repeats itself, and history repeats itself twice. I've always thought it was interesting and a bit metaphysical too. But uh, we're seeing uh, some of that right now um, on television anyway, and I just hope that we end up with people saying, well, we avoided war by sheer luck again instead of, uh, oops, <laughs> which could happen. Mark, we'll speak with you again next week. Thank you for your time. Thanks for having me, Don. And that's all the news we have for you right now. For Community Public Radio, I'm Don DeBar in New York. Thanks for listening.